Love Bill and Jessica and the kids, the whole family, man. I mean, I, every time I come here, I go, why don't I just get rid of our church and come here? It's just so incredible. And the worship's amazing. Don't you think the worship is phenomenal at the church? It's like unbelievable. And thank you all for coming. I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about how to lead through crisis. I don't know if it happened down here, but where I came from, there was a little thing hit our town called COVID. Anybody heard of that thing? And how many of y'all like me, and it really messed with your world? You know, you're like, man, I never saw that coming. Uh, true story, I was talking to a person a few days ago that they had, had had a puppy, and they got this new puppy, and the puppy was having all kinds of problems. When they went to work, the puppy was chewing everything up, and that's semi-normal, but this dog was really going crazy. And she came back, and she told me it was interesting. They said, this is a COVID puppy. I'm like, COVID puppy? What is up with the COVID puppy? They said, well, the COVID puppy is the puppy that is not used to being alone at all because the owners, when they first got them, they were always at home. So then all of a sudden, now you start going back to work, and the dog has a problem with that. How I many like me, and even you have a problem going back to work? Come on, raise your hand, right? So the dog had issues, emotional issues, because of trauma, because of COVID. So I really want to talk to you today about leading through trauma and drama. First of all, how many of y'all got a little drama in your life? Raise your hand. Don't point at anybody, right? Everybody has drama and trauma. Trauma happens, as Pastor Bill said a moment ago, uh, you know, my dad at 56 years of age, died unexpectedly of cancer. That brought a lot of trauma, unexpected issues. He's 56. I'm 51 now. I know what you're thinking. I don't look a day over 49, and I thank you for saying that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, sometimes you start doing the math on your life because of your family tree, right? You're like, well, my dad died at 56. My, my grandma died you know, right around 60. And, my, and so you start figuring out the family tree in your natural biological DNA and when you go to the doctor, they ask you, right, did your family have this? Did they have that? And then you have to renew your mind and go, wait a minute, I'm not focusing on my natural family. When I got born again and I received Jesus, Jesus suffered on the cross 2,000 years ago for me. Come on, somebody give God praise today. And now I don't get what my family tree had. I get what Jesus purchased for me on the tree 2,000 years ago. By the way, I love this service and all the campuses because you all respond so well because Pastor Bill has you all clap and scream and it's a party church. Some churches you go and it's like they don't make any noise. And I like people to, you know, I, I did this when I was a kid, right? You got the, have anybody ever seen that? The church, the steeple, and here's all the people. Look, I don't like my people moving and grooving. And you guys do that so well at all campuses. So trauma. Everybody shout trauma. So, so I think one of the things that I really want to deposit to you at all campuses today is that one of the things that we got to pass to is actually renewing our mind. Romans 2 says that, right? It says, don't be conformed to this world. I like to say, don't be conned and formed by this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's why it's so important to go to church. So important. Because if you're not careful, I was on vacation a couple weeks ago, and it was Sunday, and I didn't even know it was Sunday. We were out on a boat having a good time, and somebody said it was Sunday, and I'm like, it's Sunday? And I felt so bad because I thought, this is what regular people do. If you're a pastor, you know it's Sunday. Because they put a saddle on you called a mic. You got a rash every week, right? So you don't know it's Sunday. But if you're not careful in your world, you'll go through the trauma of COVID, the trauma of trial, the trauma of setback, and you won't realize that one time a week, God wants you to recalibrate yourself and retrain yourself to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I know I'm preaching to the choir today, but it's important to realize 
that the answer that the world needs is still the church. The answer is still the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. I'm not talking about a, 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 you know, a system of operation. I'm talking about Jesus living and abiding on the inside of you. So the, the main thing I want to deal with tonight is, um, is the fruit of the Spirit called joy. First of all, if you're a note taker, write this down. Galatians 5, and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. So the first thing we see is love. We know God is love. So love. Then the first thing that you lose when you lose God's love is you lose the second fruit, which is joy. Joy. Now, the Bible said that the joy of the Lord, anybody know this, is your what? Strength. Let's all shout that together. The joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. It gives you strength. When I first started the church and I went on television, actually, I had a vision that uh, in my heart, some of you have visions in your heart. By the way, COVID might have delayed it, but it didn't stop it. God's still going to perform that thing that he said he's going to perform for you. And so I had a vision, and I believe in vision. I, the Bible says without a vision, people perish. I always thought without a vision, people go to another parish. So I say it, spray it, wheel it, deal it, make them feel it. So I had a vision I put up in my house that on the, back when you still printed out of the paper, the TV guide, and I circled a little spot that Joel Osteen had a time slot at 8.30 in the morning. I said, God, put me on television there, which is going to be hard for me because I didn't ask for money on television. I just felt like that God wanted us to go on there and not be a TV preacher. That's somebody that asked for money, right? Somebody's on there saying, right now, if you don't send $1,000, this program's going to go off the air. We'll send you this holy water right now. How many of y'all don't like that kind of thing, right? So I was like, no, I just want to be a pastor that's on television. And so all of a sudden, ABC called and said that Joel was going off television locally and that we could pick up that slide. And I went on that slot, still on that slot, 16 years later, preaching the gospel, never asked for money. But here's what God told me. He said, the strength for you on television is going to be joy. Your strength is going to be joy. He said, sell the happy Jesus, not the mad Jesus. Sell the glad Jesus, not the sad Jesus. So every week I say, hey, I'm not pointing the finger at you this way, saying you're dying, going to hell. I'm pointing at you this way, saying, here, we're going to put a ring on your finger, a robe on your back. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. So my strength with joy, and I want you to know that your strength is joy. So the quicker you get your joy back, the quicker you get your life back, the quicker you get everything back. It's almost like a country music song in reverse. You know, it's like if you do this right, you get your dog back, you get your house back, your wife back. Come on, somebody help me right now. So if you found that you lost your joy in your leadership, you've lost your joy in your marriage, you just start acting right when things aren't right. Act right. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. If COVID did anything, it just made us afraid. It made us afraid of something we didn't know. It made us fearful for our lives, our future. There was fear, a lot of fear. By the way, fear is false evidence appearing real. So this evidence of fear that panics you, because remember, a, a brave man only dies one time, but a, a coward dies a thousand times. So if you're going to die, just die one time. Don't be worried about your future. Be joyful about your future and start saying, you know what? At the end of 2021, I'm going to look back and say, I won, W-O-N. I won over the fear. I won over the trauma. I won over the drama. Come on, somebody. ought to shout amen to this right now. God's going to turn it around if you can keep your joy. James chapter 1, verse 2, they're going to put it up in here on the screen. I know they will. It says, consider it, consider it a sheer gift, my friends, when tests and challenges come to you from all sides, COVID, 
bill collectors, mother-in-law called to spend the winter. <laughs> Consider a sheer gift, my friends, to test the challenges come to you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith is forced into the open up and, and show its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work, become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Don't try to squirm out of it. Just, just let patience have its perfect work. If you're going through trouble, just go through. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. So adversity comes, trial comes, COVID comes, financial setback comes. You say, you know what? I know it come, it came, but it came to pass. I believe that God works all things together from a good. I believe that what didn't kill me makes me stronger. I believe that no weapon formed against me will prosper. I believe when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes his enemies to be at peace with him. So I'm just going to go through happy. Come on, somebody shout amen to this. Just go through happy because life is only about 10% of what happens to you and about 90% of how you respond to what happens to you. So you decide, is this going to be bad or is this going to be good? I got married when I was 18 years old when I knew everything. And it was puppy love. And I don't know if you heard of puppy love, but it leads to dog's life. And this girl that I married, she's a good person. But when I was 18, I didn't know what I wanted. She was 18 and she didn't know what she wanted. We're married for eight years, and then she decided I wasn't what she wanted. And I was heartbroken, terrible. By the way, if you're ever going through a breakup, never listen to music. I want to try it over here. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? You turn on the radio, and it's like, I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. Oh, God, oh, God. You turn to the next station. Baby, come back. You can blame it all on me, right? Ah, oh, it's so sad. You want to listen to worship music when that's going on, right? You're like, oh, Jesus, help me, right? You're like, Maverick City all day long. Elevation, give me some Hillsong. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Okay, so, <laughs> so I was on the wrong path. But what I decided was I was going to, even though I lost my wife, I wasn't going to lose my, life, my, my mind. And, and what I was going to do is I was going to be not resentful and not hateful. First of all, I was about 20 pounds overweight. So I decided what I was going to do is I was going to just start walking every day. So I started walking, sweating, walking a little faster, sweating a little more. And then I decided I was just going to drink a ton of water. And if you drink a ton of water, you're going to have to go to the bathroom a lot. You're going to even walk more, right? And so I started exercising, and I, I felt like my endorphins were being released, and serotonin was hitting my brain. And then my confidence, even when somebody leaves you or something unexpected happens, all your joy is gone. And so now my confidence is gone. And so I walked into where my wife is now, now, it's 23 years later, I walked in and there she was and I, my confidence was bad, my head was down, my joy wasn't really high. But over the course of a few weeks, I started feeling better. My personality got a little better. So if you're not that good looking, you better have personality. Come on, don't look at anybody. But I upped my personality, and now I was more attractive because I had more joy. She said he's not the prettiest guy I've ever seen, but he's the funniest guy I've ever seen. And now, guess what? I'm her baby daddy. Somebody ought to help me right now. And I got my joy back. I got my life back. And then come to find out, she made $100,000 a month, a month. She was America's leading salesperson in telecom, and I loved her when I saw her. When I found out what she made, I fell deeply in love with her. I said, I've never loved a woman so much in my life. 
So my point is, is if you will switch the, the switch over of faith and say, you know what? I'm not going to walk around dim. I know that I go to Church Unlimited. I got Pastor Bill and Jessica in my corner. I decided to flip the switch of joy on. And the joy of the Lord's my strength. I'm going to walk in faith, not in fear. I'm not going to be a victim. Come on, somebody. Get excited about this. I'm going to be a victor. You agree with that? You know it's right. So make sure that you put up this next scripture and write it down if you can. Uh, it's 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. It says, Paul is saying, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Sounds like COVID. Cast down, but not destroyed. A lot of people read this like we're troubled and we're perplexed. It's just so hard. It's just so hard. And your brain starts going down the path, and your emotions start going down the path of negativity. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am what? Strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. So when you start saying, I'm strong, I'm anointed, I'm loved, I'm esteemed, I'm joyful, it releases endorphins in your brain, in your brain. First of all, it's... Let's take a, take a poll. How, how many of y'all got a brain? Raise your hand if you got a brain. It's over half of you. That's pretty impressive. Not all. So your brain, unrenewed, thinks CNN told me this. Fox told me this. This told me that. My social media told me that. And we got uh, 24 hours a day, a negative news cycle. But it, well, the problem is now, if we don't go to church enough, and we're not in small groups, then we're not hearing enough of the good news, so our joy is depleted, and now we're going around, we're perplexed. I hope it gets better. I hope we get back to normal. Listen, we might never get back to normal as you know it, but normal as we know it. The Bible says it's going, we're going from glory to glory, faith to faith, victory to victory, that he knows the plans he has for you, and they're for good and not for evil, to bring you to an expected end. So even if it doesn't look right, you look divorced. I looked overweight. This was all facts. It was factual. But truth supersedes facts. It's a, it's a fact that what goes up must go down. It's called the law of gravity. No matter how holy you are, if you jump off this stage, you're going down. Like, oh, God, just let me show the people in Texas, like, this is really cool. No, we're, we're going to die. We're going to break something. It's, you're going down. But that is factual. But in flying, I'm a pilot. And the law of lift supersedes the law of drag when thrust over drag come together. In other words, there's so much power when we flew here today, so much power lifted up that airlines that I was on. I was just sitting there knowing, I'm not worried what's going to happen at the end of this thing right here, the runway. No, I knew that all that power was going to kick in and that it was going to lift us off into Dallas and over into Corpus. And I, I didn't have any doubts about it because I, I knew we had a pilot. I knew we had engines. I knew we had fuel. I trusted the machine to do what it was supposed to be doing. So you and I have to trust God. The Bible says, trust on the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path. May I suggest to you that you're at the right place at the right time? You're serving the right God? You're at the right church? Something good is about to happen to you? So if you're listening to the world, you think you're perplexed. And if you're listening to God, you say, wait a minute. God's about to do something really good in my life. How are you going to respond to it? Are you going to live a negative life or have a positive life? My next door neighbor, she's very positive. 
actually the church that I pastor, she helped start it. She was barely saved, and she cussed a lot while she started a small group. And she smoked still while she was doing some of her scripture readings at the small group. She went on to be very successful, and she's a spiritual mother of mine. You may know her. Her name's Joyce Meyer. And Joyce says this all the time. You can't live a positive life and have a negative mind. So true. As a man thinketh, so is he. So if you think negative, you'll have negativity following you. If you start thinking positive, you think something good's about to happen to me. I heard about two identical twins that they did a study on, and they're little five-year-old boys, and they took them into this glass room. They took the first boy in, the glass room was full of horse manure. And the little kid went in and said, man, the whole room's full of horse manure, and it stinks. Put the second little boy inside the room. He went in and said, ha, ha, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. I just know there is. So if you find yourself in a pile of manure, say, hey, don't, don't say it smells bad. Say, I know there's a pony in here somewhere. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Take joyfully the spoiling of your goods and lead into 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Over the next five years, I prophesy over this church prophetically, you're going to experience five means grace, supernatural grace and favor over your money, over your ministry, over your marriage, over your children, if you will walk by faith and not by sight. Go ahead, give God praise today at all campuses. Nehemiah 8.10, if you're a note taker, it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's joy that happens. Joy, it it, it happens. When maybe this guy meets this girl, and he's like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. This guy meets this girl, she's so pretty. When you first marry somebody, by the way, it's just totally, it's amazing. Whatever they do is awesome. And if you're married for a long time, you're like, my gosh, they ask stupid questions. My wife asked me the other day, we walked in the room, and there's a pair of underwear laying on the floor. She said, excuse me, I have a question. Are those your underwear? I said, I hope so. If not, I have questions of my own. <laughs> so we have not arguments. I'm a pastor. We have intense signs of fellowship. But when Nicole says something and I say something back, what happens? We get out of love. Love, joy. When I'm not walking in love with her, it's not joyful. But I notice that I'm, I'm, I'm nicer to other people than I am my wife. I go home and that's where I'm, I'm I can just let my hair down. I can just be me. Well, no, we don't need to just be you. You don't need to be you because you and your flesh, my flesh, I'm talking to me right now, not you. It is, it is unruly. It's rude. It's prideful. It's arrogant. It's a diminisher. It, it's a mess. But if I go to the grocery store, and this is where I figured it out. I, I went to a grocery store, and Nicole hit me in the back of the ankles. Don't you hate that when that happens with the car? Raise your hand. Has that ever happened? I was like, my God, you know, could you not do that? And then another time I went to the store and a total stranger that I do not know hit me and said, I'm sorry. And I said, oh, that's okay. (laughs) She's, I'm not married to her. She's not going to pick out in my nursing home. Why am I mean to this one? Somebody ought to help me right now. And I have no joy or love for this one. We got to just wake up every once in a while and realize that maybe our marriage isn't good because our joy isn't good. Maybe our kids don't want to be around us because our joy is not good because we have too much negative news instead of positive news. And I came to tell you tonight, 
today, wherever you're watching, watching this on YouTube a year from now, God is for you. The devil is against you. God's going to work all things together for your good. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Give him praise today. James chapter one. I don't think I have it here, but James chapter one says this. It just came up in my spirit. It says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. It didn't say it was a joy. It said, count it a joy. I'm going to shout that again. It didn't say it was a joy. It said, just count it a joy when you fall into troubles. You choose to say, that didn't happen to me. That happened for me. I choose to say, I'm counting it a joy. One time, uh, 17, 18 years ago, me and Nicole, as I said, she made a good amount of money, and I was doing okay as well, and we bought a big plot of land, and we put in a bunch of fencing, like white fencing, and built some columns. It was really cool, but we actually had the nicest fence and the nicest gates in the neighborhood, which really made one of these other dudes that lived in our neighborhood really mad. It wasn't that he didn't like my fence, it was that he didn't like his fence. And I didn't know who was doing it because the fence was way away. But in the, in, in the middle of the night, about three or four months apart, he would drive through the fence and cost me thousands of dollars. And I didn't know who, what, ha, made me so mad. But the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. When you got born again, you invited Jesus in your heart. We know theologically that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us, and the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is always on the inside of you. In fact, he's the one that tells you, you haven't prayed today. You need to go to church. Slow down. There's, I smell bacon. There's a cop over the hill. Come on. This tells you everything. So the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, and you know as well as I do that he speaks to you, but the enemy or the inner me tries to tell you, that's not God. You just need to give them a piece of your mind. And if you're like me, you've given so many pieces away, you don't know how many pieces you got left. But the Holy Spirit's always quickening you. So, so God is my witness. This, is, this will give you the unfair advantage. If you walk in love and you forgive people, then they can't steal your joy. So my fence would get destroyed and I'd be so mad. I said, God, I don't know who did it, but God, I forgive them. So one night, at about 3 in the morning, we live in Missouri. You don't know anything about this, but it is so cold, the politicians have their hand in their own pocket. It is cold <laughs> in St. Louis. And about 3 in the morning, this has probably happened to you as well. I wake up out of a sleep. Bam! And I just feel like God. I don't hear a, a voice. People ask me, Pastor, what's God sound like? Like, I need to know what he sound like. Is it like a boomy voice? Is it like a Mel Gibson or a Morgan Freeman? What is it? No, God sounds like you. It's a still, small voice, and you just know it in your knower. Does that make sense right now? So I just knew, get up, and I just knew I got to expedite. I, I, I got to hurry. So I jumped out in this big Ford dually that I had that had leather seats. I sleep in my underwear. Those are my pajamas. And so I run outside and I sit down on that leather because I know I got to hurry up and get to the front, way down the driveway. I'm like, oh God, it's cold. And I get to the bottom of the gates. And then this guy, my neighbor is driving through the fence right then. I'm like, yes. I call the cops, follow him up to the hill. He's drunk. You can't prove it. Cops show up. I'm sitting in the driveway. I said, ah, this is the guy. They look at me and say, why don't you have any pants on? <laughs> it's a long story. Sleeping. But anyway, the guy said, hey, I'm going to send the other guy down and kind of look around. 
Well, when this guy this time went through the fence, he had hit a rock. When he hit the rock, his front plate off of his Dodge Ram fell off. So here is the license plate, and they bring it up, and then we had to go to court, and the judge made him pay not only for that replacement, but the other replacements of $10,000 apiece, because when you walk in love and the Holy Spirit wakes you up in the middle of the night, God makes them bring your money back, your joy back, your peace back, your health back. Somebody ought to get excited today. He can't steal your stuff if he can't steal your joy. So just walk in love with him. Well, my question to you is right now at all campuses today, what is God dealing with you about? You know and I know that he's saying, hey, tweak that. Just forgive them. Let them go. In the divided states of America right now, there's never been more division. Everybody's so mad. People want to bite people. <laughs> just, anybody know what I'm talking about right now? They won't take their mask down, but when they do, they're like, ah! So glad for the mask, man. Wow. Why are they so mad? They need Jesus. They need love. So at this church, what we do, I've been on serving this board for years, this is the most, by the way, so you know, the most integral church with integrity, with finances, with morality. This church right here, there's a reason why God has blessed it for so long with no scandal. Give it up for this house of prayer, house of worship. This is the spot. But we got to get more evangelistic. As I wrap this up, I got three minutes and 30 seconds to do this. Here's some homework I want you to do. I want to ask you a couple questions, just as friends. First of all, how many of y'all have... Notice that it's harder to keep your joy right now than it has been in previous years. Raise your hand. I want to see it. Just, I'm just asking because I have that problem. Can you put it down? How many would say that tonight's sermon kind of tweaked you and you're like, you know, maybe there is something about the love of God leading to love, joy, peace. Okay, after joy is peace. And we're getting ready to go into a series as a church where we're going to fight for our peace, fight for our marriage, fight. We got to fight. The greatest fight to faith is the fight you fight to keep from fighting. So if you can get a hold of this tonight, today, tomorrow, next month, I don't care when you get it, but you, you, you almost need a spiritual vaccination to say, wait a minute, God, just give me the shot. What is it you want from me? And God's going to say, hey, I want you to just obey my word. And here's the biggest thing he wants you to do. With that love you got, just go out and love people. Just love people. Now, if you're mean... Put a bumper sticker on your car that says you're an atheist or you go to First Baptist. But if you're nice, let them know you go to this church. Because what people need to know right now is that there are some people who have a little bit of joy. Last story. I, I, I share my time in, between St. Louis and I have two churches in, in Palm Beach, Florida. And I, I don't know if they had it down here, but did you guys have that gas shortage a couple weeks ago where everybody, anybody? But in Florida, we had a gas shortage. You guys pump it out. I forgot we're in Texas. You guys just like, you have gas in your milk jugs. I forget about that. <laughs> but in Florida, there was a gas shortage and there was lines like for like a mile. And then about 10 or 11 o'clock at night, it just so happened that I was driving home and there was no line at this gas station. It's just a few people. And I went up 
I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And I'm pumping gas. And as soon as I start pumping gas, there's a guy over here and he just starts cussing. You know, the blankety blank problem that we got in America is blah, blah, blah. It's not the president and blankety blank is. And if we did this and we did that, and they hadn't shut this down. They hadn't shut that down. They wouldn't have this. And he was so mad. Look how high it is. And look how mean it is, you know. And he's got his mask on. And he's just going crazy. And then I said, hey, just so you know, I'm going to buy your gas. He looked. And then he saw me and he goes, oh my gosh, Pastor David. God bless you. I'm like, dude, you dropped the F-bomb 20 times, but now it's God bless you? But there was no more discussion. Honestly, God, there was no more problems in the world. Uh, there was no, it was just like, God bless you. I changed his mood for like 60 bucks. And be sure of the 60 bucks, I told my whole church about it. I'm telling you about it. Because if we could go pay it forward, if we could go be nice, if we could still say, hey, you know what? Church is important because the enemy has attacked church. So there's a reason why it's not just essential. Church is the most essential thing in the world. Go to church. Bless the church. Serve at the church. Work at the church. Pray for the church. Be a church. Come on, give God praise today. We are the church. The world needs us. They're lost. They're so confused. Here we got the answer. So as I leave, I'm out of time. One more question for you. Do you think that the church really is God's answer to the world? Raise your hand. Pretty much everybody. So if we really believe that, we need to find out what God said in the book. We need to be compassionate towards our brothers and sisters. We need to find people that don't know the word like you know it. When I was throwing out scriptures tonight, you knew it. So you're, you're a student of the Bible. But when we leave and we go into our prospective cities and campuses, the Bible said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. What's the gospel? The gospel is the good news. Not like, hey, you know today where you would go if you died? Would you go to heaven or hell? I just want to know. Because I just feel right now, this sign right here says you're going to hell. And I'm pretty sure you're going to hell. How many of y'all know people are like, yeah, and so are you, and, and your mama, and everybody? <laughs> it's not the way we win people. The Bible said the love of God draws men to repentance. So if we buy them some groceries, if we, if we pay for their meal, and we let them know, hey, I go to Church Unlimited, and then all of a sudden now, it's like you're not even asking them to church. You're just slowly reeling them in because Jesus said the most important commandment in the world is to love your neighbor as yourself. It's hard to love your neighbor when they're driving through the fence. Now, let me tell you the end of the story. I was preaching that story one day. Church grew to thousands and thousands of people, and I've moved 40 miles away. I don't think there's a chance. Anybody knows this guy. A woman walks up to me, and she said, just so you know, that guy you're talking about, that was my brother. She said, we started watching you on television, and we got saved. And my husband got saved. And my kids got saved. And she said, you know, even my brother, he watches you. And I was like, is he saved? She said, not yet. I was like, yeah, he better get saved because I'm telling you right now. My whole point is, it changed my perspective a little. Because I realized that my world and my influence had gotten bigger. And I had to recalibrate my words because things that I say could actually get back to the guy. And that would be a wedge for him thinking that he was bad. And I think that God had me move on that street so that that guy could go through my fence 
so that his family could be saved. And I believe in time when I get to heaven, how many of y'all going to heaven? Raise your hand if you're going to heaven. How many like me? You want to go to heaven? Raise your hand one more time. I want to see. God needs to see this. There's several people, God, that don't want to go. I'm not saying tonight. How many of y'all don't want to go tonight? Okay. But when we get to heaven, what's going to be important is the people that you brought to this church People far from Jesus, even people that over the years that I've served at this church, how many people have died and went to heaven and we haven't seen them yet, but we will see them. Church, we've got a job to do. When the world is confused, we need to keep our love walk strong. We need to keep our joy strong. We need to keep our mouth engaged and know that if God be for us, who and what can be against us? Give God praise today, all campuses. Here we go. If you wouldn't mind, if everybody stand with me for just one moment, every campus, online, I want you just to stretch your hands toward me, and I want to pray a special blessing over you. This isn't to receive Jesus. Pastor Bill will do that in a minute. I just want to come alongside you and let you know that God's for you today. I want you to know that God's proud of you today. The fact that you've made this step and said, no longer am I going to allow a fear of a pandemic to keep me back. I'm not going to move in fear. I'm going to move forward in faith. And God, I ask for a special blessing amongst this here in Texas and all the campuses in Texas and, and people, for that matter, around the world that join us online. God, I ask you to help them today, strengthen them today. God, I don't know what the special request is that they have before you, but God, I know that the answer is in you, and I believe the answer is in joy. So God, even though it doesn't feel like a joy, we consider it a joy. We count it a joy. The trouble, we count it a joy. The trial, we count it a joy. The obstacle, and we know that God's going to work all things together for our good. In Christ's holy name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. You know, we never close our services without giving an opportunity for you to receive Christ. And so at all of our campuses right now, would you just bow your heads right now? And if you've never given your life to Christ, you can pray a simple prayer and ask Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. Go something like this. You can pray this with us. You can just say, dear Jesus... I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just prayed to receive Christ, would you just let us know by lifting your hand high? No one's looking around, but just let us know. Just lift your hand high. If you just prayed to receive Christ, thank you. There are hands going up all across our campuses. Thank you. Would you hold your hand high? Would you do that for me right now? Just hold your hand high. Thank you. Wherever you are, whatever campus you're at right now, Rockport, hold your hand high. If you just received Christ, Stone Oak right now, lift your hand high. Whatever campus you're at, Padre Island, wherever you are right now, just lift your hand high. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. We see those hands. Rodfield, thank you. Hold those hands high. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, I thank you for this powerful word today. I thank you for those who just received you. And Lord, I thank you, God, for all of us who just need to hear a word about finding our joy again, being happy about life, finding our positive faith again, that there is a God who loves us. Thank you for that great, powerful word today. We receive it, and we thank you for it. In your name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.